Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's Insight Assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Media Podcast Network. Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of On to the Next One MMA Fighting's Matchmaking Podcast. And for the first time since December 20th, we are back to do some post-fight event matchmaking on the program, coming off a big debut for the UFC on ABC. We're going to be talking the aftermath of UFC Fight Island 7, which was capped off by an absolute masterpiece by Max Holloway over the toughest man on planet Earth, Calvin Cater. I am Mike Heck, and joining me on this venture, as always, is the co-host, the co-matchmaker, the best friend, and the Prince of Positivity himself, Mr. Alex K. Lee. AK, welcome back to the matchmaking hot seat, my friend. Uh, it's good to be back. It was fun to do those uh, year-end and look-ahead podcasts. But yes, I know what people people re- this is what people really come for. What's next soon? What do we think will happen soon? Uh, you know, we need to help them sort out the, the the wheat from the chafe or the other way around, whichever way it goes. Uh, we know the UFC matchmakers, of course, listen to this show on the regular lead. <laughs> and it dictates much of their decision making. Uh, so as always, uh, as always, guys, no, thank you for tuning in, uh, everyone, whether you're affiliated with the UFC or not. Uh, yes, my best friend, it was it's uh, it was a great show. A lot of live dogs, which I think made our matchmaking inter- interesting. Um what was the other point? Oh, yes. You know, it's funny. I Before we started, you know, because I wasn't on the post-fight show, so I do want to say something about Calvin Cater. I, I saw a lot of people saying fight of the night for both men was a bit strange, uh, which I understand sometimes. Yes, there, there, there are situations where it's kind of a one-sided fight, and it's like, why would both people get it? I, the, I think the biggest one that comes to mind was when uh, uh, Anderson Silva just clowned Forrest Griffin. And it's like, and they want to fight it. And Forrest Griffin got 50 grand for that. And I'm like, okay, that's that's a pretty good example. I don't know if I would have given uh, Forrest Griffin that money, but buddies with the UFC. It was, it, well, he was part of it. A very, very entertaining moment. Fine. Uh, in this case, I think it was well deserved by Cater because, yes, I know if you just look at the scores, you're like, oh, this was a completely one sided beatdown, which it was. 
But Cater's persistence and ability to hang in there for five rounds is a big part of what made this an exciting fight. I, I, I know it sounds a little sadistic. Uh, I, I know it sounds a little two-faced, given that, of course, we were always talk, advocating so much about fighter health. But, I mean, we also appreciate that still that part of the sport with the toughness and the spirit and, you know, the guys who go in there and leave it all on the line. That, we still, that stuff still matters to us. Maybe it's naive. But we still love that stuff. And uh, and again, I don't know if this again if this is like a if this fight ends in the second round, fine. You you know then you, you, Max Holloway gets a performance tonight bonus. But you don't get that fight tonight. I, I do think Cater was deserving a fight of the night. I do think he was kind of in it through three rounds. Uh, I mean, I think it was obvious that Holloway was a better fighter. But it, it, I think when people watch again, they'll they'll realize how much Cater. It wasn't just his chin. He was fighting back a lot, um, and it was just a, a superior. Like for most fighters, once in a lifetime performance for Max Hollow. So, but I think a well-deserved fifty grand for both guys. I do not have any problem with that being the fight of the night. And I th- and I and I think it'll be a strong candidate by the end of the year. But we'll see. A lot of fights to come. Yes, I would. I will agree with everything you have to say. I'm sure we're going to dive in a little bit more in a matter of moments. But uh, mm-hmm. you know what? Let's just let's just get right after this thing. Let's talk about Max Holloway and and look, AK. I am. I got limb basted on social media i actually had somebody dm me on instagram which i've I've had i've had this happen maybe like twice in my mma fighting career where i've gotten i've gotten like a lot of positive dms but i've gotten like a couple of really negative ones this one was interesting because someone someone said go drink battery acid because you and the New England cattle have this relationship, and it's ridiculous. And I, I like, I couldn't hit block fast enough because it's just absolutely ridiculous. But I just want to say this: I am mad enough to admit that I am wrong, and I was wrong. But I'm going to defend my case here, AK, only because I picked Calvin Cater to win on Saturday if he were to fight the Max Holloway that we have seen over the last couple of years, who is a very, very good fighter, and arguably has been the best featherweight in the world throughout that time. We did not get that guy on Saturday. We got a completely different guy. We got the very best Max Holloway, personally, that I've ever seen. In my opinion, this is a better version than the guy who won all those fights on the way to the belt. This is a better version of the guy who beat Jose Aldo twice. This is a better version than the guy that even decimated Brian Ortega. This Max Holloway was a completely different fighter, a completely different human being, and I couldn't have been more impressed with what he did. Like, honestly, I, 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 I was blown away by his performance. And I'm going to let you go first. This is an easy, easy pick for me, AK. But uh, was it as easy for you? It was. But two things, though. Uh, one, you were, you were not the only person picking Cater. If anyone says that you were out on a limb, uh, I, 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 know, I, know, I, know, I know I picked uh, Holloway. Uh, Jose picked Holloway. I think Casey picked Holloway as well. But there's definitely, if you just take a glance at social media, uh, there's a lot of people who thought that, that this was Cater's time. Um, and I bet even after the first round, he was, throwing, he was throwing some heavy leather in there. I bet even after the first round, there's some people thinking like, oh, if he just needs to land one good shot and he's going to rock Holloway. Uh, and of course, it didn't tur- go out, turn out that way. But uh, you were not on the line there. Secondly, did he actually say New England cattle? He said New England cattle. In That's the really DM. good. That's really good. And I'm upset that I didn't think about that because you know I am. I loathe this New England cartel thing that has that has come up. Uh, I love I love everything related to New England really, except for you, Mike. You and your you and your lovely family. You're really the only thing from New England that I can stand. Uh, so New England cattle. Whoever came up with that, you are a genius, sir. Uh, whether it was the guy who damned you or someone else, you're a genius, and I am writing that down for future use. Okay, so. Max Holloway. Well, I mean, yes. I mean, the the I, I don't know if it's an, if it's obvious, but the ideal situation is if Brian Ortega beats Alexander Volkanovsky at UFC 260, then Holloway should get that fight, should get another title fight because he dominated Ortega 
at UFC 231. That's my that's what I think is obvious. I am not as high. I actually do would love to see him fight Volkanovski a third time, but I can understand why the UFC wouldn't want to book it. So my pick is I have two picks, but my my main pick is really dependent on Ortega beating Volkanovski, which I I don't think is going to happen because uh, I'm a big Volkanovski fan. But it should it happen, Ortega Holloway too. That's that's my that's my call. I agree with you to a point, and look, I don't care who wins on March 27th, whether it's Volkanovski or Brian Ortega, Max Holloway is next. I don't care if Volkanovski is 18-0 and against Max Holloway in his career. That dude who fought on Saturday night is the number one contender to face the winner of the next title fight. And no matter who wins, I cannot wait to see it. I, I, on Friday, I did not want to see Holloway versus Volkanovski 3. Not now, but after, after Saturday night... I can't wait to see it again. And if Brian Ortega wins, it's a no-brainer. But Max Holloway versus the champion after UFC 260 is the only fight to make without question after that performance. Three Volkanovski fights. Yep. In it. That's three out of out of Holloway's. Do they? I I I know. I'm not I'm not a huge boxing buff. I, I I certainly follow casually. I keep up with the big fights, big names. A little. I keep up with the. You know. I know the history a bit. Uh, they wouldn't even do that. Do they do that in boxing? They certainly do immediate rematches. They certainly do. Are not afraid of of trilogies and uh, you know uh, quad quadrilogies. They certainly will book a fight four times, which you almost never see in MMA. But uh, you'll see that in boxing. But not not in such a close period of time, right? That doesn't seem. I feel, I feel, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there are examples of this only, mm-hmm. and I only say this because the second fight was that close. You know it what was. I mean? Like it was so, it was so close. So many people thought Holloway won that fight. The 80 many, to 90% yes. that Holloway said is a little ridiculous. It wasn't that much, but a lot of people thought Max Holloway won that fight. I did not think Max Holloway won that fight. I thought Volkanovsky, I thought Max just kind of, Max kind of cruised probably through the second half of that fight, he was talking to the commentators. He was saying things to John Anik, and he did that against Calvin Cater. But he waited till like the fight was pretty much over to do it, and it became like one of the most memorable moments I've ever seen with him just yelling at DC, being like, "Hey, I'm the freshman," and then dodging a five-piece combination and then landing a right hand. Like that's just—I felt so bad for Cater in that moment. I'm like, "Oh my god, I cannot believe this is happening." And Cater just took it all in stride, just smiled, and was like, wow, this is this is actually happening right now. I had to imagine at that point he was fighting on instinct, but he'll probably, when he gets a chance to to look back, should he decide to rewatch that fight soon, he'll he'll probably be like, Wow, he's like, Wow, that was like that's really what that was all was that was happening. Like I've never I've never I'm sure he'll say he's never had that happened to him in a fight before. I don't know if anyone has ever had that happen to a fight before outside of, outside of a few people, especially in a UFC main event. So uh absolutely unreal. Yeah, I get it. I look again, I said if you wanted to, I, for one thing, I'm in favor of high level rematches all the time. If they make sense, you know what I mean. Like I, I, I if some guy knocks another guy in the first round, I usually don't care. If they keep fighting to exciting decisions, uh, maybe the first Holloway Volkanovski fight wasn't that it wasn't that thrilling, but that second fight was so good. And like you said, uh, a large contingent of people. I was just trying to bring up the numbers here for how many people. I believe on MMA decisions, it was 52% voted for Holloway. Uh, plus another another that was that forty eight forty seven score and then about uh, some other scores for Holloway some other wider scores so about sixty percent on MMA decisions about sixty percent um, on verdict the verdict app for people who follow that app Volkanovski actually did get the win uh, surprisingly I, I, it's it's a little bit confusing how they scored it but they did uh, on our MMA fighting we took a poll eighty one percent Holloway so oh my God. our, yes, our uh, social media followers. 
Eighty-one percent Holloway. This is so. This and taken. This was taken right after, of course, right after the fight happened. So, you know, all these numbers are going to look a little different. Um, but yes, the, so the instant reaction, according to our site, was eighty-one uh, percent. So, I, I I've written a robbery review of it. I feel uh, that it was a fair call based on how the scoring is. Though Max Holloway, I think, also did land the most impactful shots of that fight. And I totally understand why people think Max Holloway won. And if we're going by pride rules, Max Holloway probably won. So. I'm not against him, like not against. I would obviously prefer an Ortega rematch, um, which which is funny because it might be a less competitive fight because Holloway might just handle him again. But I'm I'm willing to, to to see if Ortega you know has improved much. But yeah, you can't go wrong with that. The the other so the other uh, kind of wild name I throw only because you saw Holloway's post fight press conference. He's kind of like, oh, I'm chasing legacy fights. I'm not so obsessed with chasing the title anymore. Which I think he's just saying, of course, he would take a title fight. At 155 pounds, maybe Rafael dos Anjos. That's interesting. It's not a super exciting fight. I get it. I, I know Dosanio is not a huge needle mover. Uh, so, they, But I think it's a former UFC champion. I think stylistically it's a fun matchup. I, I have said in a previous show I want to see RDA fight Gaethje. But I also have a feeling Gaethje, that's a fight that Gaethje, I mean, he would take if it was offered, but is not going to volunteer himself for. I think he's still kind of trying to stay in that top five, top six championship loop. And I think RDA is maybe one fight away from there. So this works for RDA too. Obviously, if RDA beats someone like Max Holloway, He's definitely in the in the UFC uh, lightweight title talks. For for Max, it would just be a fun fight if he can't really get anyone else that makes sense for him at 145, which outside of Ortega and Volkanovski. Here's something I said on the post fight show. And by the way, I'm going to preface this by saying I don't want any any BS from you folks that are in bad moods. Okay, I said this on the post fight show, and it makes sense too because Dana White made this quote unquote announcement. Okay, and the the entire announcement about Habib Nurmagomedov was. Impress me, kid. Impress me. Do something to impress me. H- how did Max Holloway not impress him? Like, seriously, like, above, like, anybody else? And Holloway was supposed to fight him at some point. I'm not saying, like, Holloway is, is even competitive in that fight. Maybe he is. I don't know. And it, it seems like Holloway is a little too small for 55. All right? But if we're talking legacy fights, and Max Holloway kind of, like, planted some seeds. He goes, you find the whoever you think is the best fighter in the world, tell me about him. I'll fight him. Like, Max Holloway had to have blown Habib away on Saturday. I'm not saying this is going to happen. But still, I don't think... It's not a terrible option. It's not a terrible option, is what I'm saying. So there's a lot of... Right now, Max Holloway is in a primo spot to to kind of round this all out. You know what I mean? Like, he could fight for the belt, or he could go after, like, one of those kinds of fights. And has a good shot of getting him after that. He's the, he's the talk of the town right now after that performance. It is crazy how close we were to once getting Max Holloway. Uh, versus Khabib Nurmagomedov. There's we, reason, there's they reason. faced off. They there's, faced off. We have pictures of them at a press conference. <laughs> as said, faced off. This is a real thing that happened. It, it feels like years ago now, but I guess it's only a couple of years back now. UFC 223, of course, the Brooklyn the Brooklyn fight week that seemed to last a month uh, when uh, Ferguson one of the Ferguson Khabib bookings fell through. The Ferguson, I believe, this was the tripped over a cable incident. I think this is this one. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and then we'll to that cancellation. Holloway comes in last minute, and then there's concerns about his health. Uh, so then he's not allowed to fight, and then we, and that's how we got to uh, Khabib and Ally Quinta. But uh, yeah, I, I was—I I admit, I, I was scared to pull the trigger on that one. But yes, I think that would be such a cool fight. Is it one that Khabib would come back for? I personally don't think so. But you're right, based on the criteria that—that that, uh, this is so high school. Based on the criteria that Dana White said, that Khabib <laughs> said, uh, yes, I think Holloway did a good job of of, of doing something special. Now, on the flip side, we have Calvin Cater, who is officially the toughest man in the world. That dude took a beating and a half, and he stayed in there 
until the final horn. And look, he got beat in that fight handily, AK. But there, and I think you tweeted something pretty similar to this on Saturday. There was not a point in that fight, no matter how bad it got, that made me believe that Cater was completely out of it. Like, I still, even in that fifth round, there was a chance. Like, I sat there and I was like, there's still a chance he could land something crazy and win this fight. Like, the guy is an absolute warrior. And I hope he takes a little bit of a breather after Saturday. As far as what's next, it depends on what you do and what card you put him on, in my opinion. Because I have two options that are on my mind, AK. One... If you're going to throw Cater into like another main event spot on a fight night or something like that, then the answer in my mind is the Korean Zombie. I like that option. I know I mentioned maybe doing Zombie and Josh Emmett at some point, but something tells me that Cater's going to be ready to come back and fight before Josh Emmett is ready to come back and fight. April, May, that could headline a fight night card for sure. The other option, if you want to put Cater on like a pay-per-view main card or something in a three-round fight, you could do it against a guy with a name, a guy people know, a veteran of the sport where they can go out and just, you know, have some good old-fashioned fun. Cater, I'm sure, wants to be in the hunt for the featherweight title. I get it. He should feel that way. But ranking schmankings, AK, I'd like to see Cater fight the rejuvenated Cub Swanson on pay-per-view. A little bit of a step back, but not that much of a step back. Like, I know there's numbers next to Cater's name and there's not one next to Cub, but... I like that option. If you're going to put that on pay-per-view, I would absolutely watch that. That's a great appetizer for a a good title fight, a good main event. Those are my options. Main event, give him a guy like Korean Zombie, top five, top ten. If you do pay-per-view, veteran with a name like Cub Swanson, that would be a lot of fun to watch. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. And and look, we talked about legacy fights with with Max Holloway. Uh, Cater is nowhere near the end of his career. I I don't think so anyway. I know he's experienced, but I do feel like he has a, a, a lot of good years left in him. But... A name like Cub Swanson is one you're going to want you're going to you would love to have in your resume and look back on, you know, whenever Cater is done fighting. Uh, yeah. And it's a good for Cub Swanson, too. I mean, Cub Swanson would love that. This is a top 10 guy. You know, he, he, he'd sign up for that in an instant. So uh, I'm surprised. I don't know why I didn't consider it. I think for the reasons you mentioned, like may, maybe uh, it is a little bit of a step back for Cater. But I think if we look at we sort of mentioned in the Holloway thing, if we look at the featherweight rankings, guys are either booked or kind of or well, in Holloway's case, he's fought most of them already. Uh, Cater. Cater's actually fought a couple of guys in the top 10, too. So that's another reason it's a bit tricky to match him up. So, yeah, I like that. I love the zombie suggestion, uh, though I was, you know, I'm kind of fixated on this Edson Barbosa zombie thing, uh, yeah. <laughs> which I really which I really want to see happen. And I think it will. So I'm doing a lot of future prognosticating here. We've mentioned Barbosa zombie on a previous show. I think that'll happen. Fingers crossed. And I think Cater should maybe get whoever loses that fight, assuming it happens. Well, actually, it doesn't matter if it happens soon, because like you said, we'd need to see Cater take a break. I think if he fights before the summer, I, I'd be surprised. He, if he, I don't think he has to. I, I, I don't think he should. If he wants to, more power to him. But I'm sure there's people who are concerned for him who will tell him, six months, please, six months, relax, uh, rest. Uh, really, ideally, honestly, after a fight like that, I love seeing Cater fight. I'd love to see him take, take, off, take a year off. I know that's not going to happen. I know that's not how, the, how MMA works. I'd love to see that happen. Um, my other thing is, is uh, I... I wouldn't be, mind him getting the uh, loser of the Volkanovski Ortega fight. I, I I'm sure some people will say you know like you said maybe now maybe that's keeping him too far forward. Yeah, maybe, maybe this this is a Holloway test. He needs to take a step back from the top three. I'm kind of okay with seeing if, if if he if he like I said I saw a lot in that Holloway fight. Yes, he was outskilled uh, and outfought, but oh, man that toughness is so good. And I would love to see him match up with another super 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 high level guy. Uh, and that's certainly uh, either Volkanovski or Ortega, regardless of who wins that title fight so that's that's kind of 
really actually would be my preference. I, I don't see them making that happen, but I think that would be I'm going to I'm going to go that way with it. Take the loser of that fight. Yeah. I mean, listen, amazing, amazing display all around from Holloway and amazing display of heart and grit and toughness from Calvin Cater, which is unbelievable stuff. And listen, if you if you watch Max Holloway at the post fight press conference, that dude did not look like the winner. All right. Like his he was banged up. Calvin landed his shots. So it's not, I mean, yes, this was a one-sided beating. That's just because Max Holloway took his volume striking and turned it up to like a thousand. Like the numbers, just go look at the numbers for this fight. The amount of significant strikes that he threw and landed. Go follow Aaron Bronson on Twitter because he's finding all these like ridiculous comparisons. Like he's, Max Holloway, and I want to make sure I'm getting this correct. I think he said Max Holloway in that fight, landed more significant strikes than Zhang Wei Li and Davis and Figueredo have landed in their careers combined. Like, that's <laughs> insane. That is insane. He landed 441 significant strikes. That's a lot. It's that's a lot of so strikes. Ridiculous. I wouldn't be able to take one significant strike from Max Holloway, much less 400 over 440. Uh, no, that's that's not on my list of things to do. And and uh, and uh, man, to the, I know people are gonna say maybe we're giving Cater too much credit, but keep in mind, people, I hate I hate everything about New England, so this is pain for me. <laughs> all right, I'm not I'm not biased. Uh, Calvin Cater, there's a lot of shots in that fight. If he had landed on almost literally, oh, by the way, Max Holloway also legendary chin. My yeah, that guy, God. that guy's unbelievable, uh, and we knew that already. Both you know his his ability to slip a punch, but also. He can just take a shot. I think he took a clean shot and and just shrugged it off. He's just got that kind of chin. There's a lot of shots in that fight that would have knocked out or at least rocked a lot of other guys at 145. That's that's why we say we think Cater had a chance. Yes, in that fight, maybe not against Holloway because Holloway, again, is as inhuman as Cater is. But there's a lot of people he would have floored with some of those clean shots. He was landing clean hooks, haymakers. He just he just he was just fought the better man that night. That's it. That's that's all that happened. Crazy. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. As we head to the co-made event, Carlos Condit gets a unanimous decision over Matt Brown. A lot of wrestling in this one, which nobody could have predicted, but what a fun fight it was either way. Perfect matchmaking, perfect fight, to slot right before that main event. Condit gets the win. Last fight on his contract, but it does seem like he'd like to stick around in the UFC. And in my opinion, there is a place for him on this roster, AK. But uh, what do you think could or should be next for the natural-born killer? I have two options. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with one. I think I know which one you picked. If you didn't, then I'll, then I'll say that one. But uh, I kind of like Condit and Wonderboy. Ooh. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm going this way because uh, I think initially last time Stephen Thompson fought... I said Stephen Thompson versus the winner of well, I, I said versus Santiago Ponzinibbio because I assumed he would beat uh, Li Jingliang, which did not happen. We'll get to that later in the show. Uh, so, and I, and I said I was not interested though in the alternative if Lee beat if Lee beat Ponzinibbio. I wasn't exactly thrilled about him fighting Wonder Boy. Maybe I should change my mind on that, but still, I didn't love it. So now that essentially that cancels out my other my other pick, the results of uh, Saturday's card, I think Wonder Boy is free now. 
I think Carlos Condit. There we go. That's a name. It again, very behind in the rankings from Wonder Boy, but uh, he's he's got that name. He he has a top ten name, even if he sh- you know doesn't have the top ten results uh, over the last couple of years. And I think I think Wonder Boy would would happily take on that fight. I think again, another fan favorite fight. Interesting clash of styles. Uh, I mean, you want to talk about now? That would definitely be a striking battle. I mean, Condit might try and take it to the ground, but it would be a a, a tactical striking battle, not a brawl. Uh, you're not you're not getting a classic Condit bloody brawl. I, I don't think so. Um, but uh, I, I think uh, yeah, two two big names, very intriguing for Wonder Boy, very intriguing for Carlos Condit. So why not? Very interesting. Mm. Longtime fans of the show are probably gonna give me crap for this pick, but I don't care. I'm doing it anyways. And there's only there's like one and a half answers here, but the top answer now unfortunately leaves our good friend Jeff Neal without a next opponent because the the correct answer is Robbie Lawler. The rematch from UFC 195, Robbie Lawler gets the win, although most people believe Condit got the big fat hose job and should have won the welterweight title that night in January of 2016, I believe. But at this point in their careers, this is the fight to make. Now, the alternative, if you want to go the Diego Sanchez retirement fight route, there's a story there as well because you got the Jackson Wink versus Diego Sanchez angle. You got the former teammates angle. That works for me as well. Lala rematch is my number one. Diego number two. AK. Uh, we I I I, I want to see the Lala rematch someday. I do feel like if we don't see that one run back, it would be really really sad. Not a tragedy. I won't say it's a tragedy. Those men have have blood enough, frankly. And and uh, there's a lot of people who maybe never want to see that fight again, based on how much damage they did to each other. But yes, that's always in my books. I just don't know if I want to see it next. Uh, also, hashtag lobby for Robbie for Tim Means. Mike, I thought, what happened? You, you, we wanted this for Tim. Yeah, but I already, I already gave him to Jeff Neal, Robbie Lawler to Jeff Neal, and now okay. I've taken him away from Jeff Neal. Okay, well, but Tim, don't worry about it. Trust me, trust me what I tell you. Uh, don't worry about it. All right, Tim, I'm still lobbying. I'm still hashtag lobby for Robbie for you. You deserve the <laughs> Lawler fight. I don't even know if you want. I can't remember if I even brought this up, but uh, I still want to see Robbie and Tim Means. That's that's the fight for me. I I thought you were going to mention James Krause. Or is there a reason? And now I want to ask: Is there a reason this didn't cross your mind? You don't think uh, Krause and Condit should happen? I don't dislike it. I know Laura Sanko loves that idea. If you watch the post fight mm-hmm. show, she's a big fan of that idea. Mm-hmm. I just want to. I, I I want to see Condit fight rematches, or you know what I mean? Like guys, kind of on the tail end. Not saying that. And Krause, Krause in a strange way, might be just because he's such a preeminent coach and he's doing so well with that and he feels that he's a better coach than he is a fighter and he's not a guy that's going to take three to four fights a year but James Carson has won like six or seven fights in a row at 170 pounds that's not an easy matchup like I know he's a seasoned veteran but he's still a very dangerous guy like he just beat a guy who hadn't lost since like in over a decade and beat him handily on one leg on two weeks' notice in Abu Dhabi. Like, Krause is a tough matchup for a lot of these guys. That's why they didn't match James uh, Joaquin Buckley up with James Krause, because they were like, eh, this is, a, this, this is a bridge too far, probably, for Mr. Buckley. And we kind of saw that a little bit on Saturday as well. I don't, if they made it, I'd certainly watch, and I'd be excited about it. But I just feel like at this point in Condit's career, he's not going to be... He's not fighting top 15 guys. He's not going to be looking towards the title. Like if they book the Wonder Boy fight, I don't I actually like that idea. But for Wonder Boy, you're going to have to sell him pretty hard on that. It's going to have to be like, "All right, Steven, listen. You could do us a solid. We'll give you a title fight if you win." Like it's going to have to be one of those types of situations, but Lawler rematch fans would go bananas for it. 
Uh, if you do the Diego fight, there's some heat there. I like it. Um, but outside of that, like I don't want to see him fight a young buck on the rise or even like a, a, a like a middle-aged buck on the rise either, either. You know what I mean? But I'm okay with the cross fight, but it's not not one of my top selections. Yeah, yeah. I think we have. I think. Excuse me. I think we have a range, uh, uh, experience range for Condit, which makes a lot of sense. Again, he, he he'll. Knowing him, he'd probably take a fight with anyone, but uh, I do think he's being a little more selective in his matchups these days, and and there's, that's not a bad thing. He de- he deserves it. You, there, you, 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 er, you can earn that in this business, okay? And I think he's earned that. Well, let us head to the man who played spoiler for the long-awaited, highly anticipated return of Santiago Ponzinibbio. Lee Jingliang puts Ponzinibbio away. He finishes him in the first round. Massive, massive win for the Lee. She looks sensational. AK, you would say that I'm a fair man, right? Like, I try to do my best to make everybody happy as much as I can. Is yeah, okay. that, like, a, a fair statement on my part? Sure. Would you? Ch- yeah, sure. Well, since Robbie Lawler will now be fighting Carlos Condit, the fair thing to do is oh. Jing Liang on Neil, right? Like, I think after a win like that, he's earned a matchup like that. I think it's very much in play. It's deserved after snapping a long winning streak like that. Let's give him a shot at a top 15 guy, AK. How about Li Jing Liang versus Jeff Neal? Jeff Neal is... You know, now is out of the Robbie Lawler fight that I had proposed after the December nineteenth card, and now he gets, you know, he gets a matchup with the with Li Jingliang. I like that. You know, you lose one guy and you get another guy with a lot of momentum. What do you think? I went a little crazy on this one, Mike. <laughs> I'm not proud of it. I struggled. This is one of the ones that probably took me longest because, look, we it's no secret we we have a bit of a cluster biff at the top of 170 in the yeah. top ten. There's guys who just are just waiting, waiting for what we don't know. Uh, waiting for maybe Usman and Burns to fight and sorting out from there, uh, waiting for their fights to be rebooked, like Leon Edwards and Hamza Shemaev. Uh, so it's it's a it's a cluster. We have guys who are fighting uh, next week, Michael Chiesa and uh, and Neil Magny. So uh, Lee has earned a fight, like you said, at a ranked guy. Uh, in my rankings, I actually have him higher than Jeff Neal. I think that's maybe why I didn't consider it. I have him a little bit higher than Jeff Neal. He is my 13th ranked uh, welterweight. Keep in mind, I do not have Hamzat in my welterweight rankings because his last fight wasn't at welterweight. So anyway, I don't, anyway that's a whole other discussion. Um, so yeah, I, I have uh, Lee in my top 15 already. Um, so I was just trying to look at the names. Uh, Usman Burns, they're fighting the title. Covington's not going to take that fight. And he wants to, he's holding up for something. Masvidal's holding up for something. Maya's holding up for something. Not Lee Jingliang, that's for sure. Uh, and then we said Kesa, uh, Magni already fighting. Nate Diaz, forget about it. Wonder Boy, I just matched up. I think so. The name that I pulled out of the top ten, I I don't know. This is honestly happening. Lee and Tyron Woodley. Wow. <laughs> I don't feel good about it. I don't feel good saying it. I just wanted to pull a name from the top ten. I just said it to set it. Sometimes, guys, listen, listeners. Sometimes we say things just to say them on the show. All right, I'm gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. I love the idea of Woodley versus uh, Ferguson. Shout out to uh, Jacob Best, who brought that up in one of our shows near the end of the year uh, last year. Uh, but I, but we don't know if Ferguson's actually considering a move up to 170. That's just a kind of, you know, that's just a fun idea on our part. Uh, also, yeah, look, uh, we mentioned Diego Sanchez for Condit. I, I like him for Tyron, too. That's something that's also come up on one of our shows. Uh, but, I mean, that hasn't really been brought up too much either. So, I, I like, I don't know. I want to give Lee a big fight. I want to give Lee a big fight. I think Woodley, I don't think he's ever thought about Lee Jingliang in his life. I think he was brought up. I think it would raise an eyebrow. I think yeah. it would raise an eyebrow. It's, wow, it's very interesting. Mm, maybe. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, Tyron Woodley's not in a position to turn that one down, that's for sure. Mm. This, so. is, this, this is one of, if it happens, I will never shut up about it. Yeah, I mean, that would be like, <laughs> that'd be like my, my Calvin Cater for fighter of the year pick. 
<laughs> wow. I, listen, I, I have no issue with that fight. Woodley see, has need, to take it. He can't. He I can't say I need, no. I need a catchy hashtag. That's all. <laughs> Let me figure out a catchy hashtag. And we'll get that going. Hashtag Woodley L I. Oh. <laughs> 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 I'll add that in later. <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> so now we move ahead to the man who not only shut down Joaquin Buckley with a nasty head kick, but he shut down John Anik. And he shut down the rest of the MMA media in Abu Dhabi after he did it. Alessio DiCirico puts a halt to the hype train of Joaquin Buckley. He does it emphatically. Biggest win of his career. And he probably saved his job in the process after losing his previous three fights. So we all agreed the betting lines are way off on this one, AK. And Monzo gets it done on ABC. So what do you think is next for him, in your opinion? Yeah, we all agreed the betting lines are way off. But I don't think on any of our shows we actually picked... Dakirko, I think we all chickened out. Like we all, we all said trap. We all said trap game. We all said Dakirko's being disrespected. We all said he's not a he's not a walkover. We said everything about Dakirko pulling off an upset, except actually picking him. So I'm embarrassed. I feel like we should have we, we should have known. We should have known. And we kind of did. But just K- Casey knew. Casey picked. Casey him. knew. Jose knew. I, yep. I said I said trap game on the way in show. Uh, and yet somehow uh, when it came down time to doing our picks, we all just said, oh, let's go say Skull Buckley. Uh, but uh, yes, great performance to Kiriko on ABC. Shocked a lot of people, and then very bizarre post-fight. In spirit, I like what he was saying. You know, the whole yeah, it's, it'd be cool if we gave proper respect to both the winners and losers. But there's actually a lot of logistical reasons to not interview the losers. So anyway, uh, not the sexiest matchup. It's just I don't know why this one jumped out at me. I I <laughs> you're gonna hate this. I kind of want to see him fight uh, Duran win. All right. I don't know why. I think Duran, I'm still kind of a believer in Duran as a prospect, even though there's, there's so many, the guy's at such a physical disadvantage, just the way he's built and, uh, you know, but he has to fight at middleweight. He's just so, but he's so short. Um, and I know he's essentially a one-dimensional wrestler, uh, but I don't know why that, that he's, he's on a win streak to Kiriko just got off the, not, I'm sorry, he just got off the schneid to Kiriko just got off the schneid. I just feel like it's one of those weird matchups, uh, that they would make. So this is more of a, what I think could happen as opposed to what I want, really, really want to happen. Yeah, this we're starting to get into a place where things are starting to get difficult, uh, and this one is kind of tough because, like you said, there's a lot of a lot of these middleweights are booked already. So, I think I'm going to go with the winner of the upcoming fight that was actually supposed to happen on this card before DiCirico did his thing. How about the winner of Phil Haas versus Nasserdin Imabov? Like that's a good fight. Gives him a chance to to halt a winning streak either way. And if Imovov stops Haas, you know, he gets that same kind of rub that Alessio got. So it's kind of like hype train derailers battling it out. And if Haas wins, Haas gets another step up against a, a pretty tough guy. So from the guys who are available and what's kind of sort of on the docket, I think the winner of that fight makes sense for DeSherico. I don't know. It's a tough one. Any interest in him versus uh, either of the guys fighting next Saturday? Uh, as a form, uh, there's Andrew Sanchez, Mahmoud Moradov winner, or Brad Tavares, Antonio Carlos Jr. winner. I think the latter is tough because both those guys are fringe top fifteen guys. I think it's a little too high to give a guy who just snapped a three fight losing streak against a guy who, you know, let's be honest, nice wins, but. Probably was a little too overhyped, and I think we saw that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't hate it. I, I don't dislike it, but I feel like kind of 
you look at the the Imovov and Haas fight, I think like rankings wise, if like whatever rankings that we're going by or, or have in our minds, I think that's kind of like even Steven, you know what I mean? I, I think they're they're all pretty much around the same spot, regardless of what happens in that Haas Imovov fight. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, uh, like we said, he's gonna have to wait for some bookings to shake out, uh, unfortunately, um, because there's just there really was no look again. Let's I'm just gonna circle back. I came I came up with Dar- Darren Win for some reason or Daron Win. All right, I don't know how. I guess I just was trying to find someone who wasn't booked, who was on a right. win, who was coming off a win, uh, and that's where. I am. But yeah, more likely, more likely he waits for, like you said, one of the winners uh, of either next week or the, if the Haas uh, Imovov fights gets. Even if it doesn't get rebooked, you know what? It's possible he just gets Haas, right? I mean, depending what the condition is with Haas, what what it is that's keeping him out. If it's nothing too serious, it is possible that maybe they move on from the Haas Imovov matchup. Probably their plan is to rebook it, but they can. Oh, it's I don't think they're married to that matchup. Right. First fight on the main card led to the first finish of 2021 for the UFC. Punahili Soriano took on fellow undefeated fighter and prospect Dusko Todorovic. This was one of the fights that I was really looking forward to, but Puna Soriano, my word, that was a ferocious knockout after a year or so away from the game. He's now 2-0 in the UFC, two first-round finishes, seven first-round finishes overall. This guy is somebody to keep an eye on on 185 pounds, no doubt about that. As far as the next step... I'm torn. Like, I still haven't officially made my decision yet because I was tempted to go a certain way with this. But I don't know if I'm going to. It's tough because, like, middleweight is really good. And this this is definitely the hardest one for me. So I might be, like, any meaning it. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm just going to pull the trigger, AK. Puna Soriano versus Sean Strickland. I know Sean just beat a prospect in Brennan Allen. Brendan's going to learn from that. And I was thinking maybe doing Puna versus Brendan. But that's tough because, yeah, we just did we just did the unbeaten prospect versus prospect thing. But to match Puna up with a guy and match Brendan Allen up with Puna after coming off a loss to a Wiley veteran, it's tough. So you know what? Soriano versus Strickland. I think Puna is that good. And Strickland's wow. a tough fight, man. But I think he's that good. And I think it's a good test for him. And if he loses, it doesn't kill him. It doesn't kill him. What do you think? You are shooting Puna right into the top 25 of the UFC middleweight rankings, whether it's the Stricken or the Allen matchup. My goodness. No, I am. Mike, you know me. I generally, if they haven't, uh, if it's not someone coming for another promotion, uh, I generally, uh, sorry, another like major promotion, I generally have a three wins before I like to kind of shoot them up, uh, shoot them up the rankings. So this 2-0 and now, uh, very impressive. He has a style that's going to be a nightmare for a lot of people. He's just so aggressive and uh, I think like deceptively smart. Like I think he comes out swinging a lot, but there's like a there's a there's a craven intelligence there behind his uh, his brawling style. So I'm not quite ready. So I just went. I said, who else is two and zero? Who else uh, in the UFC? Who else is undefeated? Coming off uh, the contender series, and I said, Andre Muniz. Andre Muniz. Uh, I think it's a now stylistically a big challenge for uh, for Soriano. And actually, and, and I'm saying the other way around. I sure. want to see. Yeah, I want to see Muniz a little bit more. See where your striking's at. I'm, again, I'm sure he's a competent striker. I'm sure he, I'm sure he's a good striker. Does he, does he want to stand with Soriano? Probably not. So uh, give us a little grappler versus striker here. And uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's perfect. I think um, I, I will mention later some of the other readers I saw pop up uh, the suggestion as well. So I think I think there's a vibe here. I think this this is this is a real thing that could happen. Okay, fair enough. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch 
against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombe makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombe fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Uh, as we head to everyone's favorite segment, it's been a while since we've done this, AK, the wild card round. We're going to choose a fighter that we have not match made for yet, winner or loser, and we do it right now. So, AK, first wild card selection of 2021. What do you got? I got a few quick hits first, but I don't want to step on your toes. You, you didn't? Are you doing uh, Jocelyn Edwards? No. Okay, so I got some quick hits here. Uh, Jocelyn Edwards, I think she should get the honor of retiring Bech Koheya. She replaced Koheya against uh, uh, Wu Yanan, so now I think as a reward she should get to fight Bech Koheya. Uh, and then uh, Jocelyn Edwards, by the way, was so fun to watch in her debut. Holy crap. All, all, uh, she was trying to finish from like every possible angle on her back, on top, <laughs> uh, standing. As she didn't against the cage. She was something. She was always looking for a finish. It was really, really good. Uh, Austin Lingo, someone who isn't a zombie like Jacob Kilburn. I feel like Lingo would have gotten one of his like 30 second KOs. He's still searching for one of the UFC. Uh, if he hadn't fight, wasn't fighting Kilburn, he was just eating shots. And I'm like, holy crap, this Kilburn guy's really good. Uh, so Austin Lingo, I do want to see him fight again against someone, someone who's human. And uh, my fellow Canadian, Sarah Morris, uh, maybe maybe laser eye surgery or something, because her her strikes, uh, they were not coming close, Mike. She was <laughs> – I haven't checked the significant strike. I'm sorry. I, I, look, people can, give me, <laughs> people can give me crap for this. Sarah is, Sarah is tough as hell, really talented fighter, a great grappler. Uh, striking is a work in progress for her, honestly, and and I think we saw that uh, against uh, against Vanessa Mello last night. Um, a lot a lot of key eyeing, a lot of key key eye, a lot of noise, a lot of sound. Uh, some people on social media were saying it was she would she would sometimes make a noise and not even throw a strike, which was shocking. So it was maybe there's just something wrong with the distance, you know, because she was hitting a lot of air. I think she threw at least a hundred strikes and maybe landed like. 15 um so that yes please uh, sarah you know come back home and and, and uh rebuild and, and hopefully she can stick around in the ufc but uh we'll see about that so anyway i went with my wildcard pick buckley i think we need to get buckley back on track um the the D- kiriko uh matchup was terrible and i'm not saying this even if he had won by the way i would say the matchup was terrible it, it, it the win would have done nothing for him Clearly, they thought DeKirko three straight losses was a uh, was a walkover, which is insane. And that you know this is on ABC. They're like, oh great, we got our we got our, our 2020 breakout one of our 2020 breakout stars in ABC. He's going to get a huge knockout against the guy who's uh, who's just like who's made to be knocked out, which made no sense because DeKirko had never been knocked out before, uh, and it was way more had way more UFC experience than Buckley. So let's get this guy back on track. We have a young man. Speaking of uh, Canadians, we have a young man uh, returning from a drug suspension. Time already served. Uh, from from uh, Quebec, Marc Andre Barrio. I think it would be a great stylistic match for Buckley. I think uh, he's gonna. I think he's gonna stand. I think he's gonna try and trade with him. Uh, I think it'd be good for for Barrio because his last win was overturned to a no contest, unfortunately, because of a, uh, a drug suspension. Um, but uh, which of which I believed he was absolved of wrongdoing. Though don't quote me on that. I think I think it was a fairly innocuous suspension, uh, as far as those as <laughs> innocuous as those can be. So uh, yes, power bar. I would like to see power bar. And uh, new Mansa face off. I think that's a little bit closer to where Buckley should be. I think that uh, again, the matchup on Saturday was very, very poor uh, decision making by the by the matchmakers. I dig it. That's a fun mm. fight. Well, if you follow me on Twitter, you may know where I'm going with this. And AK, you like you like when I go on these journeys and do something completely uh, outside Take the box, us. right? 
take us on a journey. Okay. Uh, I'm going to do something that I don't think, AK, has ever been done, at least on my end, in the history of this program for a wild card pick. But I'm going to go ahead and do it. I'm going to select Justin Taffa, who fought in a super fun fight on Saturday. It was a blast. He was on the wrong side of a decision that he probably should have won. So I'm choosing a fighter who did not get his hand raised, which is quite significant for this program because I don't, I've don't i never done that before. I usually pick a winner from the prelims and, and, and match them up. But that is not the first time moment I prefaced earlier, AK. My pick overall is... The rematch with Carlos Felipe because Tafa deserves a chance to get that one back after getting the big hose job, in my opinion. And also, let me just ask this question, AK. Who would actually be upset about this matchmaking if the UFC turned this right around and made it again? I'll tell you, nobody. Absolutely nobody would be upset. In fact, people would be would be praising it. They'd be standing up and clapping and applauding if the UFC ran that one back because it was so much fun. So hashtag history made. Hashtag Felipe versus Tafa 2. Hashtag best of seven series, bro. All right. First of all, uh, <laughs> let's be real here. Uh, this is a really fun fight. It, sh- it probably should have won fight of the night. Um, it was it was a really it was a good one. But let's be real here. Most people are. Uh, did not watch. I mean, it's a preliminary. It's a preliminary fight. We oh, watched, yeah. of course, it's our job. We're hardcore. It's hardcore fans watching. It's good. And I'm glad they did. Most people didn't watch this fight, but so so you're right, Mike. Most people wouldn't complain because most people by by next week won't remember that this fight happened. Okay. Oh, and that's, boo. And that's no insult to Tafa and Felipe, who were freaking amazing. I'm just saying this is how the prelims are sometimes. Um, uh, I, I do hope people watch. Yeah. So by the way, for anyone who do, who's having to skip the prelims, please, if you have uh, Fight Pass or whatever, or ESPN Plus, ESPN. I'm in Canada. We don't have ESPN Plus. Can you replay fights on ESPN Plus? And yes. so if you're ESPN Plus, Fight Pass, whatever you have for rewatching UFC fights. Uh, if you miss this fight, definitely check it out. Really, 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 really fun heavyweight fight. Uh, Dana White, I bet you didn't watch it, uh, or at least wasn't paying close attention to it, because he was kind of crapping on the prelims. And if he had watched that fight, uh, and actually some of the like, there were some good fights in the prelims. I'm not sure why he said. I know they all went to a decision, but I don't know why he said the prelims. Uh, other than the Melo Morris fight, I actually thought all four, all the other four uh, preliminary fights were pretty good. So okay. I'm, I don't, yeah. So I'm not really sure why he was so down. Again, no big knockouts, whatever. But um, so Dana White, I almost tell you didn't see it. So that's why I, I, I don't see why they would rebook it. You're right. It, we should set a precedent here. We we should set a precedent where, especially since it is a low stakes fight, so it's not tying anything up. It's not like oh, Felipe and Tafa really need to. We got to move them on. We got to keep the division moving. No, they're in like the bo- they're both so inexperienced. They're in the bottom third of the division right now. So I, I don't love it. Uh, I don't see why the matchmakers would do it. It would be unlikely. But you're right. In this, in a way, Mike. In a way, I'll give you this. It would be cool. It would be cool if they tried it. Just as you're right. Just to see the reaction. Just to show the fighters that they care. That they are really paying close attention to these prelims. Uh, and that they're aware that, yes, a close, perhaps unjust, un- unjust, a p- close, perhaps unjust decision went down on the uh, first UFC on ABC prelims. So, OK, Mike, OK, you're not you're not completely out of here. Out of, you know. <laughs> Let's have some fun. You know, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm not going to throw out the term rob term robbery. It wasn't a robbery, but Tafa should have won that fight. So, I mean, it was it was like it was a row just without the bury. You know what I mean? We're, we're, we're the first two letters of it. Tafa got hosed. He should have won the fight. Let's do it again. And then let's do it five more times until somebody wins four times. And I think we're okay. You could throw that on any prelim. Just keep doing it. Best of seven series, like like, like Booker T, like they used to do in WCW and WWE. I like it. Yeah, you got to make gimmick matches eventually. You know, maybe the fourth one's a gimmick match. Yes. So chain in there or something. Dog collar <laughs> match, you know. Yeah. yeah a, little, a little mix and match. One hand tie behind the back. 
all sorts of fun stuff. Um, I don't know if they should check the tapes, but uh, I'm, I'm sure the peeps had some some suggestions. Yeah, I forgot about checking the tapes. No, uh, I, I did no check the tapes this week just because I completely forgot to check the tapes. So if anyone else wants to check the tapes and tell us that you 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 guessed uh, any of the matches, <laughs> people always feel free to throw those in our faces. So no, no checking the tapes, especially since we do have quite a few reader suggestions. Uh, so you know the re- look first show of the of the new year. No surprise, readers are coming in full force. They're ready. To, they had something to say. So uh, on MMA fighting, I did solicit a few questions. I wanted to know about what people thought for Amiv, what people thought for Lee, what people thought for Condit. So for Amiv, we had a couple of good ones. Miguel Baeza, I like that. I think he's a little bit past Miguel Baeza, but Baeza has beaten some really good competition, so I could kind of see why uh, people like that one. Uh, and that was from Adson Oliveira. And then Dane Fox says, Brian Barbarina. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Barbarina, when's the last time he fought? Some people are gonna say it's like his last person, like a like a grappler. I'm trying to think. Usually the UFC is pretty, pretty good about just making him fight, <laughs> putting him into action fights. Yeah, it's been a while. I'm just looking at his. He almost always fights guys. Yeah, they don't really they don't really match him up with grapplers, so that would be different. Colby Covington, that was four over four years ago. So, uh, I don't know. Maybe 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 Barbarina would be down for that. But I know he's still recovering from some surgery he had to do. So, hopefully he's okay. So there are people out there for Amiv. Um, do you have any Amiv suggestions? Anything for me? Come to mind. We didn't. Talk I didn't say anything. Now it's good. It good. That's a good fight with Zavada. Uh, Lee, Lee, uh, the leech. Uh, we had someone put up a, a gif of Nick Diaz. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's. I mean, no, that's less reasonable than my Woodley pick. So there you go. I'm not. I'm. I'm not the most insane uh, person picking fights for Lee here. Someone said, and I don't know why I didn't think about this. I think because Lee is should be considerably ahead of him in the rankings, but. Chaos Williams. I'd rather him fight Pajeda than Chaos right now. Yes. Yeah. Uh, oh, right. It's true. And that's well, a Pajeda, wild fight, too. Pajeda has come up. I'll tell you that. But, yeah, I mean, style-wise, I actually really like Chaos versus Lee. It's just that Chaos is, what, like 2-1? and one, Some of that? He's 2-1. and 2-1. And, and I think Lee picked up his 10th his tenth UFC win on uh, on Saturday. And it's not like Lee's been fighting, like, He's been like fighting guys in the top thirty for a while now, so I don't. That's a huge step back for him. I, I, that's pretty much a chaos. Would have a lot to gain from that fight. Lee wouldn't have much to gain other than, you know, knocking off a fighter who's somewhat hot. Uh, I don't know. If I'm Lee's management, uh, I'd kind of avoid that one. I will say this: if 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 chaos gets booked relatively quickly and he gets like another ferocious thirty second knockout, then the fight makes more sense. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Then, then you've got a really white hot prospect, and then someone you want to knock off. That was from uh, E Porter twenty six. Thank you for that suggestion. Your suggestion, Chaos Williams. Uh, Condit, it's like I said, rematches. People just want rematches. Sorry, guys. I'm not going to go through individual names here. People want the Nick Diaz rematch. They want the Robbie Lawler rematch. Uh, they want to see him fight. And then, and then some fresh ones. Oh, they mentioned Diego Sanchez. And then some fresh ones. Jorge Masvidal. Uh, I don't think Masvidal is going to want to do that. He should. I think that'd be a great fight. Cowboy, which I think they met, they're friends, obviously. Condit and uh, Cowboy are friends. I think they've mentioned it before. I feel like it's been mentioned in interviews uh, that they would do it. I don't think they're either of them is pursuing that fight. Right. Um, they have trained together in the past. I think they're pretty chummy. Again, they would do it. I mean, Cerrone's fought friends before. I think Condit has as well. But um, but yeah, I'd be down for that. And I, I actually could see that being made. Uh, someone said Vicente, someone broke glass in case of emergency and Vicente Luque, a name we're always we just want to see Vicente Luque fight. We're always throwing his name out there for everyone. So but yeah, most mostly rematches. Nick Diaz, Robbie Lawler. Uh, things of that nature. Um, and we'll see. So I'll show you some later. Another rematch, of course, that comes up. Uh, we got some people shouting us out, going right at us. Some of our, some of our regulars. Um, Mighty Magic Mart on Twitter. Always always, always messaging both of us. 
he likes uh, Lee versus Luke, and he likes. Oh, sorry, no, he likes Lee versus Neil. So uh, there you go. There's, he's backing you up. Excellent. And Condit versus Means. I like that too. I do too. It almost gets me off lobby for Robbie for Tim. Almost. <laughs> uh, not quite. Almost. Jay Kleiman. What did Jay Kleiman here? Jay Kleiman on Twitter said uh, he likes Lee versus Luke Baeza. Okay, fair enough. Young Rabbi. At Young Rabbi 86. Gosh, these names. I don't know how you guys come up with this stuff. <laughs> Another Lee versus Luke. Oh, I, I like this one. Okay, I've read this guy because he's he matched up our boys Carlos Felipe and Tafa, but not against each other. He likes Carlos Felipe versus Jake Collier. Okay, that's uh, fun. Wow, sure. that would be that is fun. Justin Tafa versus Chase German or Parker Porter. Like that too. Yeah. So some good. So there you go. So people, people looking up for heavyweight boys. People looking up for heavyweight boys. Uh, from the DMs, I'll try to run through these a little quickly. Uh, we got a lot of regulars here. Aronsky. Uh, he loves the Soriano versus Munoz fight. Thank you, Aronsky. We're on the same page, buddy. We're on the same page. And he threw out uh, Condit Lyman Good, which I was kind of like, I guess. Not bad. <laughs> that's a bit out of left. Lyman, yeah, that's a bit out of left field. And then the other rematch, which could happen, and I think people would see Condit Woodley. Yeah. Yeah. Ended an injury right the first time. Uh, good, good win for Woodley, but there was just that little, little bit of controversy because it did end in an injury as opposed to like a, a clean finish or, or a clean decision for Woodley. So, uh, yeah. I've, so, yeah, we got a lot of rematches on the plate for, for Condit. Uh, Barry O'Reilly says Soriano and Buckley. No. God, no. You can't do that. <laughs> can't do that no. to Buckley. No. Uh, Lee versus Shavkat Rachmanov. Again, I think Rachmanov needs a few more. I think people don't know how Lee, how experienced Lee is. I think they they just haven't seen his record, looked at his record in a while. That's interesting. Hmm. Wow. That's. I mean, they gave Rachmanov they gave Rachmanov Oliveira, who's even more experienced than Lee. Right. So I, I guess that they want him to be this like like veteran, have just run through these veterans. I don't like that matchup for Lee at all because I think Rachmanov oh, yeah. is the real deal. If I'm Lee, so. I'm furious if they give me that. Hey, Lee, great I, win over a guy who won like nine <laughs> fights in a row and probably could have been a title contender. Um, yeah. So let's give you this undefeated prospect that nobody knows and nobody's talking about after one of the most like ridiculously oppressive debuts of 2020. How about you fight Rachmanov? No, he wouldn't <laughs> yeah. be happy about that. that guy. He'd probably He's take it, good. but that's man, that's a tough fight. Uh, Barry O'Reilly also wants Felipe to apparently become a nemesis to the Oceanic region because he wants Felipe versus Tied to Ivasa. Ooh, yeah. Oh, I, I, I'm sure he has nothing against the good people of Australia and New Zealand. Come on now. Let's not start, let's not start this thing. By the way, and, there is breaking news. There is one oh. person who wants the best of seven series between Felipe and Tafa. His name is Justin Tafa. <laughs> He like he Wait. he just liked the tweet that I put out. Let's oh. do a best of seven with Felipe and Tafa. Tafa liked it. He wants it. Best of Uh-oh. seven. Let's do it. Look again. Like I said, we're doing the matchmakers' jobs for them. It's that easy, guys. It's that <laughs> easy to make these happen. And uh, the last one from Barry. He likes. Uh, and uh, this is also recommended by Marcus McGahey. Austin Lingo versus Spike Car- Spike Carlisle. Oh man, that's fun. Well, that's another guy with a big chin though that I think like would take a lot to to finish. But sure, that's a fun fight too. Uh, Harry Lipsky. He really wants to see Volkanovski Holloway three. He doesn't. He doesn't care about about you know how the recent the other fights were. Uh, now for Cater, here's a couple I don't think we mentioned. Cater versus he's a Cater versus Ryan Hall. Now I don't know uh, if he's not aware that Hall has that had that Iggy fight just booked, or he's assuming that Ryan Hall wins, which is correct by the way. Good assumption, <laughs> uh, Harry. Uh, but yes, uh, Cater Ryan Hall. I, I I actually I thought about it for a second. I don't I I don't hate it, and I think Cater would take it. Of course he would. Cater would fight uh, anybody. This is true. 
that would be I'd like that actually. That's interesting. I like it. And then uh, Cater versus uh, he, Cater versus he said uh, possibly the Zabit if this fight ever happens the Zabit Yair Rodriguez loser so you know possibly a Zabit rematch or fresh a fresh uh, on a full camp hopefully this time uh, or the uh, Yair uh, fresh fight with Yair yeah um, yeah I could see that but again the Zabit the whole Zabit Yair thing we have no idea what's going on with that fight we all assume it's going to be rebooked but we just don't know you know neither of them fought in 2020 so. This matchup is becoming a, a, a millstone around both their necks at this point. What have we learned over this last 13 months? We have learned that you got to fight. If yours yes. is a beat, I don't care who they offer you. You say yes and you fight because Calvin Cater just jumped over you. Before heading in, got this huge fight with Max Holloway. He jumped over you because he was active and he took fights. Didn't matter who it was. Didn't matter who the rankings were. He said yes and he took fights and he got this massive opportunity. And now Max Holloway just took Zabit's spot even more so after that performance. So Zabit is like, he is further behind now than he was on Friday. Mm -hmm. So he needs to fight. I don't care if it's Yair. Like, you need to get off You need to get off the soapbox, Zabit, and fight anybody. If they offered you a debutante, a guy who just got a contract off the Contender Series, you say yes, and you treat him accordingly, and you get a fight. Like, you, you cannot continue this process because 45 is going to be massive this year. This is going to be a big year for that division. There's so much talent there. And if he continues to sit on the sidelines and wait for these spe- spe- for these specific fights, he's going to be an afterthought. You can't do that. There's so much talent. Look at the hype this guy has gotten since he made his UFC debut, even before he made his UFC debut. And now it's been well over a year since he's fought, and he's... He's an afterthought right now. Like, right now, he's an afterthought. People are like, oh, Zabit's in there somewhere. you got to fight somebody. It doesn't matter who it is. Get in there and fight and get your spot back. Uh, we have seen, and you know, we have seen in the past guys wait, so, oh, not necessarily wait, but ha- have a lot of time on the shelf and then come back to, uh, you know, to come back to big opportunities. But it's certainly not during the COVID era. I think, we've, like I said, specifically during this COVID era, those who have stayed busy have been rewarded. And uh, that is definitely what Zabit needs to do. Uh, you're right. You make a good point. That was funny. You, fans turn on you real quick. You go from being that hot undefeated prospect, uh, or I guess you know undefeated in the UFC, I just say for Zabit, uh, to fans saying, "Hey, buddy, what have you done for me lately? Where where are you? What is your what is your reason for not fighting?" So absolutely, uh, we need to see him back in action. You're right against whoever. Uh, Marcus McGahey then says uh, he likes the uh, Cater Zombie matchup. A lot of people did actually. To see a few people recommend that. And speaking of Zabit, he said, "Why not Zabit Holloway?" Nope. Holloway's Max way, Holloway's way yeah. ahead of him now. Yeah. I mean, Zabit would love that matchup. That, <laughs> of course. That if, if you buy that to Zabit's matchup, like, uh, yes, yes, <laughs> sign me up. I'll just leapfrog Yair right into the uh, right into it against the top three guy. Yeah, it'd be a cool fight, but somewhere down the road, I think. If that fight happens, it'll be somewhere down the road. Not not this, I don't even think this year. I don't think it's something we see this year. It's crazy, man. If Zabit had just stayed on that August 30th card or whatever, mm. if he just stayed on there, because Cater said, I'll fight you. If he just fought Cater again, and if he beat Kate, he would have got. He would have fought Max Holloway yesterday. Like yep, he would have fought that. He would have fought him. Yep. It's crazy. It's crazy, man. Like I, I, I get it. Like I get it. You, you're tied to this guy. You think you might be able to sneak into a title fight. I, I, I think him and his team, they whiffed. They whiffed. Uh, they, 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 a swing and a miss. Huge swing and a miss. And now he's. It's like. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's he's so far behind right now. He's so far behind. Especially with Holloway doing that. Now you have this fight. Like that's why in our prediction, so I said I don't think Zabit fights for the belts in twenty twenty one. And this is exactly why. 
And people, by the way, for, for everyone who thinks that Mike's going in on Zabit and his management team, we say this out of out of love for Zabit's yes. talents. We want to see Zabit fight and get into big fights. It's it's it, it sucked for him not to fight in 2020. You know what I mean? It, was, it, it sucks when you see a guy with that much talent, just a year of his prime spent on the shelf. And, and if, as far as we know, not for any injury-related reasons. I don't think so. Injury or COVID-related reasons, as far as we know. Just the matchup just didn't materialize. Uh, you're right. He couldn't stay on certain cards, and that's it. One year just gone, right? Uh, and for an athlete and for a fighter, that's that's big. Um, Joshua C. Wenberg on Twitter coming in hot with uh, Lingo versus Chase Hooper. Mm, I don't know. I think Lingo would, might kill him. <laughs> uh, oh, you think the other way? You think Hooper might, might be too much for him, the grappling? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if fight hits the mat, we know where it's we know what's happening. Like Lingo and Lingo's Lingo's good, but I mean that's that's what happens. You know what I mean? And Peter Peter Barrett's a really good striker. Like the guy's got some pop, and Chase got a chin on him, man. Alex Caceres couldn't put Chase Hooper away. You know what I mean? And that fight at some point is gonna hit the mat. I don't know. Well, I don't know. Uh, speak of the speak of the devil, uh, Peter Barrett. Uh, Jacob Kilburn. That's what uh, that's what Joshua C. Wenberg wants to see. I would love that if Peter's if Peter's excuse me still around after that Hooper loss. Yeah, yeah that's a good fight. Kilburn. Sure, I like that one. <clears throat> and one of my <clears throat> excuse me, guys, apologize for clearing my throat on air. with big big no no on uh, the podcast world. Um, one of my favorite matchups suggested. I like. He said because uh, I, I I still like David Zavada. I know people are gonna look at his record and go, the guy's one and three in the UFC. I think he's a really good fighter. I like David Zavada. I want to see him stick around one more. Uh, and uh, Wenberg. Um, uh, I should, well, I'm calling Wenberg like he's. So professional, uh, Joshua. Uh, he says Zavada versus Alex Morano. I love that matchup. Yes, give me That's a stand-up fun. fight for Zavada. Give me a stand-up fight for Morano. Let's these two go at it. If Zavada loses, then you know what? Maybe it wasn't meant to be in the UFC. But I really, really, I still really like this guy for some reason, uh, and I want, I would love to see that fight happen. So that's uh, one of my favorite reader submissions of the week. Uh, Instagram DMs. We got one from uh, a new, a new Instagram buddy of mine, Max Block who quite liked the Cater Josh Emmett suggestion. Um, yes, if their recovery schedules line up, it really is really is the perfect matchup, right? It's, it's great for Emmett, great for Cater. Action-wise, oh, that has to be a five-round fight night main event or something. That'd just be so, so exciting. Uh, our old pal, Jacob Best, coming in hot in 2021. We mentioned Pajeda before. He wants Pajeda for Ponzinibbio. Mm, I don't like it. Why? I... I like I liked it for the fact that st- stylistically I don't know we might get to see, we might have to see a technical Pajeda again which nobody wants but Ponzinibbio I still see as a top twenty guy maybe I'm still riding a little too high on that two year old Magni win um, but I, I I just feel like he he got caught by uh, by Lee Lee looked amazing by the way Lee that's the best Lee we I think we've seen he looked he looked like he was an amazing shape and he and fighting wise he looked great so I, I don't want to take too much away from Ponzinibbio's performance I think it was just a flat you know return from a long layoff uh, I, I wouldn't mind I actually think Pajeda would be fun I, I'm not comparing the two situations because they're vastly vastly different both very serious but vastly vastly different I'm putting like I have Ponzinibbio kind of in the same conversation as like a Walt Harris like their situations are very, very much different. But we both want to see them matched up against somebody that we feel very confident they can get a win over. You know what I mean? Like there would no, nothing would make me happier in this world as someone who covers the sport than to see Walt Harris going into that octagon and get a win. Like that would just after everything that man has gone through, nothing would make me happier than to see him get his hand raised. And I feel kind of the same way about Ponzinibbio for different reasons obviously because of the roads back and things they've had to deal with 
I think that's a nightmare matchup for him. At least right now. Like, he needs... He needs a confidence booster. I'm not saying, like, throw him an, a 1-0 and fighter. I'm not saying throw him to, like, CM Punk or something. But throw him against a guy with somewhat of a name, a fight he can win. Let him let him get a victory. Then if he does that and he looks pretty good doing it, if you want to throw him in there with a guy like Pajeda, fine. I'm okay with that. I'd like to see him get a victory first before we throw him in with supremely awkward, massive human beings like a Michelle Pajeda. You know what I mean? Like that fight that fight does a lot more for Pajeda than it does for Ponzinibbio. Yes. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I don't want to see him in that position right now. I, give him somebody like if you want to throw Ponzinibbio in with a guy like Lyman Good, like Lyman Good's like a, a very powerful guy. He can finish fights, he could do some damage. You want to throw him in there with like a Lyman Good? I'm fine with that. That makes more sense. Let's give him a tough guy who's very dangerous. Who can finish fights, but if he wins, you're just like, all right, Ponzi's back. And I would favor Ponzi Nibio in that fight, but it's a fight he could lose too. It's a fight he could get caught in. Mike, so thoughtful. Just looking out, just looking out for what's best for Ponzi Nibio. Such a thoughtful I'm man. Trying, you know. Uh, and Jacobus also had a, a couple of fun middleweight things. He said, he said, why not just throw uh, Soriano and Dakirko in with each other? Again, I think the experience gaps a little. I mean, you could. I, I, I wouldn't be against it, but. Yeah, I think they they can go in other ways. And then uh, Buckley and Jack Marshman, which in my rankings, they're very, very <laughs> close together. I like, I like that one, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tristan Gordet in our emails. Uh, a lot of ones people have already said, but I want to shout outs to you. He also loves uh, Soriano versus Sean Strickland. So I guess you're not you're not completely out to lunch. You're not completely out to lunch on that one. Uh, Tristan Gordet, again, he contributes every week. So he's as experienced uh, a fantasy matchmaker as we are. So you guys are on the same page. And then a newcomer, Matt, Matt Bradbury, who is very excited I'll be getting into our first, uh, the prospect of getting to our first match fiction show of the year. I'll, I'll throw out a few good ones. Uh, Vanessa Mello versus Jessica Rose Clark. I think that's fun. Amiv versus Alan Juban. Makes a lot of sense. Like that fight. That's a, that's a veteran step up for sure. Uh, <laughs> I had to call him out for one. Buckley versus Charles Bird. I believe Charles Bird is retired. Uh, yeah, he's definitely I, not in the UFC anymore. I don't think Charles Bird is fighting anymore. Uh, so I believe he, he had a quiet uh, retirement announcement. And then I wanted to give him the show closer because I actually do really like this one. Matt Brown versus Court McGee. Court McGee can't be in the UFC, can he? I think he. I don't think he's been officially cut. Uh, so both guys would be coming off losses to Condit, obviously. Um, Court McGee. I don't know if he was. No, I don't. As far as I know, I don't think he's been released. I think he's active. But you know, it's two guys who are good, who are uh, good volume fighters, uh, and of course, they both have incredible, incredible stories. You know, this would be stuff again. If you're going to do another ABC show, this is perfect ABC ins- inspirational fodder, because you know, both guys have incredible stories, overcoming uh, you know addictions uh, in, in their early careers and going on to have successful MMA careers. Um, I, I mean, and beyond all, if you don't care about that stuff, which I think you should, like I said, I think that stuff is, is such an important part of, of uh, what makes them fan favorites is what they've overcome. But even if you don't care about that stuff, I just think it's a good matchup in Cage. And, I, and, and just one I hadn't thought of. So I'm going to shout out to Matt Bradbury. I think that's our, for me, is my reader suggestion of the week. I also loved uh, Joshua C. Wenberg's Zavada vs. Morano. But yeah, as always, lots of great reader suggestions. But yeah, Brown, McGee, sure. I yeah. totally can see the UFC making it. Yeah, I like it. It's fine. You know, it's a, it's a fight where Matt won't take a ton of damage. It's not blowing you away. It's not blowing you away like some of our our, our, late, our uh, great readers just said. I think you liked – what was the one you really – you said you liked Buckley Marshman. It's just fun. Yeah. And some of them you just really agreed. I think a lot of the fight, a lot of the fans were on the same page as you with some of this stuff. So it's getting good. We're all we're – all, we're, you know what? 2021, we're all together. That's all I want. As, as together as we can be during these times anyway. Yes. Positivity is key, ladies and gentlemen. It's a new year. It's fresh uh, paint of coat, as the kids like to say. Obviously, it's coat of paint, but uh, 
mixing things but up the, a little but bit. But the, kid, the, kid, the kids do say that because they're dumb. Yeah, they think they're they think they're funny. So here we are. But uh, but listen, keep those suggestions coming. Hit us up on Twitter. He is at Alexander K. Lee. I am at Mike Heck underscore Jr. Normally, I would say join us next week, but. You're going to get yourselves a bonus show this week because the UFC is back again on Wednesday. UFC Fight Island 8, early morning start time, 9 a.m. Eastern time with the prelims, noon Eastern time, main card on ESPN+. Plus. Main event is Michael Chiesa versus Neil Magny. That show will drop either Wednesday evening, Thursday morning at the latest, and then, of course, we have UFC 257 coming up on Saturday, headlined by Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor. The winner may or may not fight Habib. We will see. But in the meantime, we are done. So thank you so much for joining us for AKI Mike Hack. Remember, do not take this stuff too seriously. MMA is supposed to be fun. And we'll have fun once again later on this week right here on On to the Next One, the podcast. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.